Hello and welcome to No Confidence. I'm your host, David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. Now, uh, it's April 22nd, 2015, a Wednesday. Uh, before we get into it, I want you to re- uh, want to remind you to go to TalkShoe.com. Show number 87488, 87488, that's American Liberties, there's a whole archive there about uh, tax law mostly, I have a, an archive here at 59615, you're welcome to download all those shows, my website is wevgov.com, we as in we the people, v as in versus, and gov as in government, wevgov.com. A bunch of free information there, including a whole group of cases from coast to coast on the federal level about the right to make a citizen's arrest of a felon. In some states, they have misdemeanor statutes where you can even make an arrest for a misdemeanor. Uh, not every misdemeanor, but the specific one listed. For instance, you'll see a case about Arizona uh, shoplifting statute allows you to arrest for the purposes of a misdemeanor only. Uh, committed in your, in your presence. Now, uh, in this last week, two particular videos uh, caught my eye, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people are interested in uh, activity of this sort. And if you were to go to youtube.com and do a search for police brutality, uh, you'll find literally a couple thousand videos, if not more, of police brutality. And plenty of them are very recent. And a couple in this last week. Uh, one is in Detroit. And you can find these on YouTube uh, by simply doing uh, a search for Detroit Police Beating. And another video is from California. This is just a couple days ago. California Police Beat a Man on a Horse. So if you did a search for California police brutality, uh, horseback, you'll see a video where uh, six San Bernardino uh, County deputies caught up with a man that had stolen a horse and tried to get away from him. And there's a chopper overhead that videotapes the arrest. And what this man does is he gets thrown from the horse and... uh, stands up and then lays back down on the ground with his arms stretched straight out and his feet apart just lying there on the ground and all six deputies that responded to that call jumped on him and beat the living daylights out of him just punching him more than a dozen times in the face another officer just arrives to the scene of where this guy's laying on the ground and the first thing he does is kick this man right in the crotch the first thing he does just walks up and plants his boot between that guy's legs he's laying on his stomach on the ground with his feet apart and his arms stretched out straight he surrendered and the other co- another cop comes in and he joins and he's punching this guy repeatedly easily a dozen times on the right side of his rib cage. Six 
cops in one department on the same shift respond to one call and each and all of those officers believe the thing to do is to beat the snot out of somebody who had surrendered. From my personal experience, Seattle cops will steal you blind. Traffic stop. They stole my cell phone and my debit card. Put me out of business for a week. I had to get a different cell phone. And I can't tell you, I remember everybody's number that was on my cell phone. And my debit card. I had to get a new debit card and alert the bank that the police had stolen my debit card. And I didn't try to escape on horseback or anything, or who knows what they would have done to me. Kurt Riggin, 2002. Uh, 6 o'clock in the evening, maybe. 8 o'clock. A whole bunch of Everett City Police. I'm up here in Washington State. The county north of King County, where Seattle is, is Snohomish County. And Everett Police and the Snohomish County Sheriff's Department, a bunch of deputies, arrive at his house. And because he walks with a cane... They beat him to the ground in his house and dragged him around by his long hair, cut all of the cords on his appliances, uh, splashed coffee on an $800 Taiwanese silk tuxedo, took car keys and scratched his rifles from the tip of the barrel through the end of the stock to cut their value in half, and cracked into his safe with a drill and whatever and stole $30,000 worth of precious metals and uh, gemstones. He used to be a jeweler. And they destroyed all of his marijuana growing apparatus. He was one of Washington's first legal medical marijuana patients behaving entirely within the law. And they took him out in the front yard and put him up against the fence and then used the end of their billy clubs between his ribs to break the cartilage between his ribs while they beat him, dropped him to the ground, kicked him in the stomach, and lacerated his liver, an injury that is now to the point where it's unmanageable and he has hospice care three days a week because he's expected to die from it. Thirteen years later, since that injury, his liver has only been functioning 20%. It's only been filtering his blood 20% efficiency. And he's going to die. There's a whole police... Oh, then they put him in a police car. A Snohomish County Sheriff's Deputy's car. And drove him at a high rate of speed up and down, bumpy alleys to aggravate the injuries they had caused to his ribs. That's called torture. Uh, after four hours of that, they took him to the jail, and the jailer said, we're not taking him until he's been to the emergency room. So they took him to the emergency room, and the doctor there says, we get a lot of people like this. You'll be okay. <clears throat> Prescribed a bunch of medicine, sent him back to the jail, and the jail wouldn't give him any of the medicine 
put him in a cold shower for a few hours to keep the swelling and the bruising down as best they could, and then put him in a cell with a guy that killed the last person they put in with him. And the next morning, when uh, they made the rounds, they came across Kurt, and he was still breathing, and they hollered out to the co-workers, hey, this guy's still, uh, still alive. They expected to find him dead. And not one police officer was punished over that by the police department. But later on, the feds were at a gun show and they purchased a gun from a guy who was off duty. He was a sheriff's deputy and the gun was stolen from Kurt Riggin and that deputy went to prison for selling stolen firearms. But that's all that ever happened because of this. And I've been taking calls. There were times when uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays for the Privacy Committee uh, group out of uh, Idaho, I think it was. Tuesdays and Thursdays, two hours. Each of those days, I was taking conference calls from victims across the country. Our cops are sick in America. And if these guys in California hadn't been videotaped, nothing would have happened. I don't know if they've all been suspended or maybe they've all been fired. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate a second to fire them. Here's a guy laying on the ground when the first cop arrived and each of six cops chooses to beat him. Yeah, you're fired. Uh, I don't care what the protocol is. I'm the sheriff of this county. You're fired. I don't want you working for me. And I don't care what happens to me if I didn't fire, follow protocol. Maybe I'm supposed to suspend you first. I'm going to fire you first. This video says it all. You get the hell out of my sight after you put your gun and your badge on this table. Your history. You're never going to work in law enforcement again. If I were sheriff. And so, as you make the rounds of YouTube, uh, look at the police brutality videos. I'm going to go now to um, Washington State Law Online, and I'm going to look at two particular statutes uh, when I find the website here. Here we go. This is the uh, general website that I went to. Here comes the uh, link. That's where I find my RCWs, Revised Code of Washington, online. And I scroll down to Title 9A, Washington Criminal Code. And then I go to uh, 9A.16 on the page that opened up. And I see 9A.16. 020 9A.16.020 Use of force when lawful. The use, attempt, or offer to use force upon or toward the person of another is not unlawful in the following cases. Number two, whenever necessarily used by a person arresting one who has committed a felony and delivering him or her to a public officer competent to receive him or her into custody. Or three, Whenever used by a party about to be injured or by another lawfully aiding him or her in preventing or attempting to prevent 
an offense against his or her person or a malicious trespass or other malicious interference with real or personal property lawfully in his or her possession in case the force is not more than necessary. There. I can use it to prevent an offense or I can use force to help prevent an offense from being committed against you or to prevent malicious interference with real or personal property in my possession or your possession. And I go back to my contents here, 9A.16.050. Homicide by other person when justifiable. Homicide is also justifiable when committed either, number one, in the lawful defense of the slayer, that's me, or his or her husband, wife, parent, child, brother, or sister, or of any other person in his or her presence or company, when there is a reasonable ground to apprehend a design on the part of a person slain, the person that was killed, to commit a felony or to, uh, to do some great personal injury to the slayer or to any such person, and there is imminent danger of such design being accomplished. Or, number two, homicide is justifiable when, in the actual resistance of an attempt to commit a felony upon me or upon you in my presence or in a dwelling or other place of abode in which I am. The use of force. How do you employ the use of force against a police officer that you think is going to commit a violent offense? Because the six officers in this video, that's clearly a felonious assault. You're under arrest. I saw the video. You're under arrest. I'm taking you to the sheriff. How about that? Why can't I arrest each one of those six officers under Washington state law if it happened in Washington? Why can't I arrest those officers? That is obviously a felonious assault that took place in California. Six of them beating the hell out of a guy that made no offensive gesture whatsoever. He was laying face down on the ground when all the officers arrived. Use of force when lawful. Whenever used by a party about to be injured or by another lawfully aiding him or her, that's number three, or number two, well number three goes on, in preventing or attempting to prevent an offense against his or her person. I think Everybody that sees that video is allowed to use force against those officers anytime they see them as a measure to prevent an offense against them. You stay away from me or I'll make you stay away from me. You stay away from me or I'll arrest you with any force necessary. And if it's necessary to kill you to get you under arrest, this statute says I can do it. Number two, whenever necessarily used by a person arresting one who has committed a felony and delivering him or her to a public servant competent to receive him or her into custody. 
We've got rights all over the place against people that act like those cops in that video. You really got to go see that YouTube video. California cops horseback beating. And it'll take you right to the video. Here's the link. It's uh, simply astonishing. Not one of the deputies stood back and said, we shouldn't do this. Not one of them stood back and said, you shouldn't do this. Stop it. And if this wasn't the, uh, if this wasn't videotaped by the chopper, nothing would have happened. They would have reported, oh, he took a swing at us. We had to subdue him. Uh, I'm wondering what it was that prevented them from beating the hell out of the horse. Why'd they beat the guy and not the horse? It's just astonishing that six deputies in one department on the same shift responding to the same call all, each and all, felt that the perp should be brutalized because he surrendered peacefully. It's, it's such an egregious display of abuse of discretion, I can't tell you. And it's nothing I haven't heard before from plenty of people. You should have heard what the cops did to me. Get in line. I've heard it hundreds of times already. Law enforcement is as corrupt as the day is long. And the people responsible are the judges because they won't punish pigs. They get the red carpet when they're hauled into court. If criminal charges are brought, um, I love to cite the instance of uh, Michael Eidland on the homepage of wevgov.com. There's two links. One about the John T. Williams shooting and one about Michael Eidland, former Washington State Patrolman that was molesting women in traffic stops. Read both of those articles. Michael Eidland, he served 16 months in King County Jail waiting for trial and received administrative pay each of those 16 months and was allowed to plead out to a gross misdemeanor so he doesn't have to report as a sex offender in the future and given the sentence of time served. You're free to go. I think the crime to which he pled was uh, custodial interference. And then you have John T. Williams, a Native American, sitting on the curb in downtown Seattle, whittling on a piece of wood with a three-inch knife, confronted by a Seattle cop. Freeze! Drop the knife! He goes, what are you talking about? Stands up and demands the cop tell him, where do you get off telling me? I I'm sitting here whittling a piece of wood. The cop shot him four times and killed him, right there in downtown in broad daylight. And puts in his police report, oh, he lunged at me with the knife. And witnesses that saw the whole thing said, he didn't move. He just stood there and asked the cop if he was out of his mind. And that cop was allowed to resign and move away under the cloud of an unauthorized shooting. No charges. Exactly four weeks before 
that shooting in downtown Seattle, I was walking up the street in Kirkland, Washington, on the wet, on the left-hand side of the street. That's where the sidewalk was. And from behind me, uh, this patrol car drives up the opposite lane and takes a left into the driveway ahead of me, about 150 feet, and stops, blocking the sidewalk. Parks across the sidewalk. And so I stepped off the sidewalk into the bicycle lane to walk behind the patrol car bumper. And the cop gets out of his patrol car and he goes, I know you got a right to do what you're doing. I said, okay. He goes, well, we got a call about you. I said, about me walking? He said, yep. I said, okay. And just kept walking. Didn't even look back. Didn't break stride. If I had stopped to discuss something with that cop, how close was I to being shot in broad daylight like that Native American man, John T. Williams? I was wearing a pistol on my hip because there are people with dogs that attack people in Kirkland, Washington. Specifically, pit bulls. And so I was wearing a pistol on my hip and some stupid Microsoft bitch called me in for wearing a pistol on my hip while I walked around town. I I actually wasn't walking around town. I was walking up and down a walking path beside an asphalt walking path about six or eight feet wide up and down beside a street that goes through the forest and the cops were called and someone so stupid uh, at the dispatcher's office got the call and said somebody's wearing a gun oh holy hell I'll call officer duh and get them out there right away and then they called officer duh And Officer Duh said, someone's wearing a gun? you got to be kidding. I'll be there right away. And he pulls his patrol car across the sidewalk to block me. I know you got a right to do what you're doing. Okay. Well, we got a call about you. About me walking? Yep. Okay. And I just kept walking. If I had stopped wearing that pistol the way I was, and if I had stopped to talk to that cop, would I have been assassinated just like that uh, Native American man, John T. Williams, four Sundays later? There's no way to say for sure, but I would have been in exactly the same situation with the same mindset. Some stupid American pig, paid to be stupid, armed to the teeth where they could overthrow Baghdad driving a car designed to take people away against their will, pulling across the sidewalk in front of me to tell me I got a right to do what I'm doing? Have you lost your frickin' mind? That's the American pig. And so I won't, I don't have a moment for some, well, not all cops are bad. And listen, the odds against them being bad are too high. I'm sorry, the odds against them being good are too high. I can't risk it. I have to presume every cop is a criminally insane maggot that thinks the innocent should be beaten, they think the innocent should be robbed, and they think they should pull across the sidewalk to block you, to tell you that you have a right to walk up the sidewalk. 
It was over for me many, many years ago. I can't remember when I lost my trust of law enforcement. But all I see are examples. Now, what would I have done in California? If this happened up here in Seattle, where I live at present, I would go down to Superior Court with an affidavit. And I would fill out all the paperwork that uh, battered women uh, fill out or parents fill out when they want drug dealers to stay away from their kid. And I would file for a restraining order against the police that did this. And with my affidavit, I would call them baby rapers right on the record. And I would demand an order from the court instructing that every one of the police stay away from me because they're suspect. And I'd probably provide a copy of whatever recording, audio or video, as evidence that I should have a restraining order against the cops. And I would make it, I would, I would broaden it. I would probably put the name of the spouses of the cops on the docket in my petition and the name of their bosses so that everybody knows somebody has sued for a restraining order to keep the sheriff away from them and their children. Now how popular is it to be a criminally insane, uh, violent thief with a badge? And that's where it starts. Then I'd serve a copy of that, that it's been filed. I'd go right to the radio stations and the newspapers locally and make sure everybody knows that somebody's filed for a restraining order against every police, par every de police department employee because of what just happened on a certain street on a certain day, whatever. And I would not live in a community where those people patrol without raising my voice that way. And I'd make it real unpopular. I'd make sure that the docket for all time held an application for a restraining order against their bosses. And who knows what people in California are going to do because of what just happened to this man. I don't know. But uh, the... Uh, Oh, guest eight, very uh, peculiar here. Yeah, yeah, all hypothetical. Like all these res uh, resistance ideas, there's no real resistance. Get over it. This is my country, stupid lefty. We saw you coming. This is a lefty all the way right here. They voted for the president, and they like the fact that America is a piece of crap. There is no real resistance. Get over it. That's why there's no resistance is because you're the typical American. Guest 8 is a lefty. You are a pervert. I'll tell you another thing the left does. You go to YouTube.com. You do a search for kid hip-hop dancing, and you'll see that the left teaches little girls and boys that humping is dancing. Can you tell how much respect I've got for you, Guest 8? Can you tell? Once again, Guest 8 says, yeah, yeah, all hypothetical, like all resistance ideas. There is no real resistance. Get over it. Who do you think you are? I've been in this 27 years. As of last week, 
27 years. And I have victories in court. I've prevented more than a dozen tax indictments. Tell me there's no real resistance. This is how it happens. You don't sit back and say, there is no real resistance. Get over it. I'm doing my job. I'm an American. This is called civic duty. You're welcome to leave the call. There's a whole archive here you can download. And you can take that sentiment and you can shove it, guest eight. Do you understand? I want to change as much as anybody. But I'm going to sit here and watch Oprah. Sure. Wow. I should just pack it up and forget everything while the country goes to hell. While my friends, my family, and other associates are under this gun. And I'm supposed to just, oh, just relent. It's just the way it is. I'll just lay here and use a vibrator. Really, you're part of the problem. And everybody on the chat can see it. Uh, it's amazing. It's depressing. That, uh, that I could have the knowledge I have and have somebody with no knowledge whatsoever saying, get over it. Get over it. These people are patrolling our streets. It's not a hypothetical. I told you right here. They pulled across the sidewalk and blocked me to tell me I got a right to walk up the sidewalk. Four weeks before a Native American man is gunned down in the street in downtown Seattle and no charges were brought. And you call that a hypothetical. That's amazing. It's amazing. So anyway, unless you're willing to go to Superior Court and file for a restraining order, I didn't say you'll get one, but at least your voice will be heard in a way that makes it really unpopular to be that sheriff. And then you go and tell all of the radio stations Okay, this is funny. Uh, I'm blocking you, Guest 8. You're, you're utterly a moron. Here's what Guest 8 says. Yeah, but in the 27 years and all that effort that you've made, the country has just got worse. Does that not tell you something wrong? there's something wrong with your methodology? You've got to be kidding. I just told you I've prevented more than a dozen tax indictments. I've gotten cases dismissed. You expect one guy to do everything? What if the judges are corrupt? Oh, you had thought of that, had you? Do you think a, a government as big as ours and as corrupt as ours would have forgotten to corrupt the judges at the same time they correct, corrupted the executive? Really? Wow. Wow. Really? Moron. Capital letters. Bold and italics. Underlined. Something wrong with my methodology? I'm five for six against the state attorney general of Oregon. Five for six. Self-taught. You're a bucket of moron shit. Something else. Wow. Something else. Oh, the country hasn't changed. Well, they've rewritten tax regulations because of me. They rewrote tax uh, IRS uh, Publication 17 because of me. They amended the U.S. passport application because of me. 
and those were my own efforts I did with nobody's help. They changed the statute of limitations on from five years to two years on the State Disclosure Act here in Washington because of a lawsuit I won against a municipality. I spent the money. I got a judgment, $15,055, on a strategy that I made up myself. Yeah, the country's gotten worse because I'm the only one doing something about it. And while you sit back and go, well, just get over it, well, there go my rights, there go your children's rights, and everybody else's rights. Because there's nothing we can do, so why try? It's amazing. Uh, one of us is an American. I'll fight you for it. Anyway, folks, a restraining order. A restraining order. Go to Superior Court. Some, uh, some states call it uh, the Supreme Court of the County, like in New York or in Oregon. It's the Circuit Court of the County. The county seat, the big court where they try felonies. Apply for a restraining order. They got forms to fill out. It's easy. And you go in with an affidavit about the conduct that proves the cops should stay away from everybody, and you name their boss. You make it political. And then draw up a picket sign, get your friends, draw up picket signs, and picket the sheriff's office, saying, stay away from the schools. There are children there. Give up your children. You're criminally insane. Or you could just tune into a talk shoe episode and say, get over it to anybody else that protests. These are the things I like about America. None of this is legal advice. My name's David Merlin. Thanks for tuning in to No Confidence. I'll see you on the next episode. I say good show.